All right. Uh, I will just say welcome to be tried. I always want to make sure that I welcome you because you know what? There are so many doors that you can walk through for a church. There are so many doors that are open right here in our own little area to go to. But you choose Beecher Island to come. To come and worship. To come and dig into God's Word for a short bit. And then go out into our community. And I just want to say thank you for being here. I don't care if you're new with us today or you've been here forever. Thank you for being here today. I do want to say, you know, Beecher Island is pretty awesome. I'll go with that. Um, there's a lot of love that pours out in this church. There's a lot of us who fall short. More often than we want to talk about. But we still gather up every Sunday. Because God tells us don't forsake the fellowship. And we gather up every Sunday. And we sing praises. And, and we shake, uh, shake the, the fallen off of where we fell short. We shake it off and we say, God, we know you still love us. And I just want to say that that's Beach Island. We all know. We don't stick our chests out, bowing them out, saying we're better. Actually, we probably do the opposite. We kind of cower and say, man, I fell short this week. And I don't know if cower is the word. I shouldn't say that. But uh, that's what I love about Beach Island. So we're honest with ourselves. And I pray that we're honest in our communities. And we're not afraid to say that we fall short. Not afraid to say that we don't have it figured out. And that's Beach Island. And I think that, uh, I've said it many, many times, I think that is why Beach Island is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. Because we want to be led by God. Not by any man, but by God. And that, I, I pray, is what happens. And that what we're doing is being led by Him. And so, uh, thanks for being with us today. Uh, we're going to continue on in the book of John. Uh, the first chapter of John. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. First chapter of John. And um, does anybody remember the reference to the verse that I strongly feel that we need to read the book of John with? 2031. John 20, verse 31. John 20, verse 31. And that says, But these things are written so that you may know, so you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you may have life in His name. So John was saying, Hey, I wrote these things so that you will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing, you'll have life in His name. And when we read the book of John, or the Gospel of John, with that understanding, things start coming alive. Things start coming out. Things start happening that maybe we never, maybe we never saw before. And that happened to me last night. I'm going to share some of that with you here in a little while. But uh, God's Word is the living Word. And we need to understand that this Gospel is written so that we will have no doubt. That we will know, we will know, we will know that Jesus is the Christ. Ah, right, John 1. John 1, we're going to start at verse 24 and go through 34. John 1, 24 through 34. It says, Now some Pharisees who had been sent questioned him. 
Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied, but among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is the Son of God. Amen, amen. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your word. And I just pray our hearts are open to it. Our minds are open to it. We lay aside all the things of this world that, that have us going every direction. But I pray right now we hear your word. We hear your truth. And we are moved by it. Moved to a closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So last week we focused on we, we focused on who John the Baptist was and why he was sent. And we, and we really kind of honed in on that. And today I want to focus on a part of this scripture that we read. That the word is mentioned six times in these short verses. This word is mentioned six times and I thought, you know what? How can we skip over these scriptures? If this word is mentioned six times, how can we go on about it without talking about it? Verse 25, it says, They asked him and said to him, Why then are you baptizing? Quite a question. Why are you baptizing? They even get more personal, though they, they, they say, why are you baptizing if, you, if you're not the Christ, if you're, if you're not the, the, the prophet, you're not Elijah, what, why are you baptizing? What authority? You have no authority to baptize. What are you doing then? And John answered, I baptize in water. I baptize in water. But among you stands one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Why were they so interested in asking about John's baptism? What, were, what, were this, what was their intent? They, it, you know, as we read through this, it, it talks about a couple different baptisms. We have John's baptism. We have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there's one more that I want to talk about. One more baptism that I want to talk about, and we'll get to that here in just a minute. But let's first, let's first walk through the baptism that John is talking about. And why were they asking what authority he is baptizing in? You see, last week we, we talked about John identifying himself as just a voice. Just a voice that was, that was coming and, and, and letting people know about who Jesus Christ was. About the Messiah coming. But because of this question, they asked, well then what authority do you baptize in? Why, why do you do this? You know, when you look at the Old Testament, it almost always 
associates the, the coming of the Messiah with, with a repentance and a spiritual cleansing. John focused his attention as being the forerunner for the Messiah. And he used traditional baptism in order to do that. To, to, to bring the, to, to attention the repentance that needed to take place. And it was a powerful tradition. I mean, when, when they would baptize, it was, it was so powerful and it was, it was a, such a great symbol of repentance. You see, when the Jews and Gentiles accepted this baptism, they were admitting, they were completely admitting the need for spiritual cleansing and, and preparation for the coming of the Messiah. And John the Baptist was preparing the way in that. But let me ask you, is this the baptism that I invite believers to come and take part in? Is this the baptism every Sunday when I say, if you have confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but if you haven't been baptized, come up here and get it done. Is that the baptism we're talking about when we talk about John the Baptist and his baptism? You see, I, I think the meaning of the baptism that John was calling people to is a different baptism than the baptism that we talk about today. The baptism that we step into today. It differs. It differs so much when we go and look at what Paul says about baptism. When we go to Romans uh, 6, 3 through 5, turn over there with me. Romans 6, 3 through 5. Romans 6, 3 through 5. This is Paul giving us great insight. It says, Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him in like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with Him in His resurrection. Amen. What about Colossians 2.12? Colossians 2.12. It goes the same place. gives us great insight. Colossians 2.12. It says this. Having been buried with Him in baptism and raised with Him through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. Colossians 2.12. Paul's given us great insight into what a believer's baptism is. Now there may be some who disagree with me in my thinking here, but Paul is saying that baptism into Christ is, is baptism of repentance. Or it's not a baptism of repentance, sorry. But, it, but it's, it, even though repentance is part of our coming to Christ, but it's not a baptism of repentance. But it is a baptism into Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection. I said at the beginning that I think that we need to talk about 
another baptism, and that's the baptism of a believer today. A water baptism. It's different from the one that John preached. Water baptism gives us the demonstration of Christ. Complete demonstration of what He did for us. In the picture of this, in being immersed, when a believer is immersed in that water, it's like going into the dark depths of that water of, of the, in the person of the Lord Jesus. And it pictures the new man when he comes out. You know, there's a sense in a baptism of a funeral. And we don't probably put it that way, but it really is. There's a sense of a funeral and a baptism because it's the dying to your old self. You're burying it there. You don't have to... I heard it once said, Carrie and Charlie. Carrie and Charlie. You don't have to carry Charlie anymore. The old self, old Charlie wants to drag you down, right? You don't have to carry him anymore. It's dying to your old self, but it's more than that. It's more than that. Because when you go down in that water as a believer, dying to yourself, it's, it's saying all that that sinful person is gone and I don't need to carry it no more. But then when you come up out of that water, when you come up out of that water in the newness of Jesus Christ, it's saying it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Let me just say that John's baptism was very important. But the baptism today, the baptism of a believer today is just as important. But listen to me, a water baptism does not bring salvation. Just as it didn't bring salvation then, it doesn't bring salvation today. But there's kind of a weird deal here. Because the New Testament never talks about an, a believer who's not baptized. There is never a, an unbaptized believer in the New Testament that had opportunity. Don't throw the man on the cross at me. <laughs> he didn't have opportunity. They may have chucked a while. He didn't have opportunity, but every person who had opportunity stepped in the water immediately when they were believers. As soon as they became a believer, they went and were baptized. And that's why the Lord could speak faith and baptism in the same sentence. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, is what Jesus says. He's not saying that you'll be saved because of the baptism. He's saying, as a believer, you'll be baptized and you're saved. So I just want to encourage you this morning that if you are a believer who has not been baptized, why? Why not? Why not? It's time to do it. Let's go back to John 1. John 1. You see, I love that God used baptism in the Holy Spirit to prove who the Messiah was. I had some great revelation in this this morning, but let's go to verse 29. Sorry, my Bible's not there. John 1. 
John 1, verse 29. The next day John saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Listen to that again. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And listen as I read on. Then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me. God told him. Hey, you're going to baptize him. The man whom you see the Spirit come down and remain on us is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. Man, that just hit me last night. It just hit me last night as, as I was reading through this and just trying to prepare. And, and I had my sermon already. And, and I was like, Christy, Christy, this hit me. And I'm a little slow, I know. And maybe you all have got it already and, and great, but it just hit me last night. Why did John baptize people? He baptized people so that he could find Messiah. He was leading people to repentance through that all. But he was baptizing people because God said, you're going to baptize one and the Holy Spirit's going to come down on him. And then you're going to know that he's the Messiah. And I was like, ah! Think about this. John baptized guy after guy, woman after woman, and, and, and just person after person so that one day he could see the Messiah. I was questioned last week, though. I was questioned last week, do you think that Jesus knew John and John knew Jesus? Do you think they played together as kids? Do you think they knew each other? Yes. I was a little hesitant to say yes last week, I'll be honest. But I have just not let this go. In my heart, because, because of this one verse. He says, I myself did not know him. He didn't know the Messiah. But he knew Jesus. He knew Jesus as his cousin. And they played together. They went to family stuff together. They did all kinds of stuff together. But he didn't know he was the Messiah until God said, it's time for you to know the Messiah. And he says, but the reason I came to baptize with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then we have the story of Jesus being baptized. We can go to Matthew and we can read the whole story of it, but, but we know that, that Jesus went to John and said, you've got to baptize me. And he said, oh, I'm not supposed to baptize you. You're supposed to baptize me. He knew he was something. But he said, let it be so right now. And they went to the water. And, Jesus, and John baptized Jesus. And the heavens opened. And the Holy Spirit came down like a dove. It wasn't a dove, but it was like a dove. And God spoke. The Trinity is now on earth. Amazing. Think of the awe that John was in. Like that's what hit me. John didn't know. And all of a sudden the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit comes down. And John's like, you're the Messiah! You're the Messiah, right? Like, that's good. Uh, I know I'm going crazy this morning, but this to me just hit me. That now John knows. 
He knows that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing, you will have life in His name. John is writing in the Gospel for us to know that Jesus is the Christ. And the detail that comes alive when we read it to know that Jesus is the Christ. It's amazing. It's amazing. When John gave his testimony of that it was Jesus, and God spoke, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. This is how we know and we should have no doubt that Jesus is the Christ. Because I know we're human and I know we get to question, right? If you want to say that you don't question, I'm going to call you a liar. You know what? When you start to question, I want you to go back here with the thought that John wrote this so that you, you personally, will know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that when you believe in Him, you can have the assurance of everlasting life. We don't need to add to it. We don't need to put all this stuff into it. No, we can go back to Romans, right? If you speak with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Don't add all these other points to it. John says, you will know that Jesus is the Christ. And if you know that and you believe in Him, there's your assurance. There's your assurance. You don't need to question. You don't need to question. But then John says, the one that the Holy Spirit comes down on, he is the one who will baptize in the Holy Spirit. We have another baptism. What is a baptism of the Holy Spirit? When we start looking at this, and, and he says you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Alright, John 14, 26. John 14, 26 says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. John 16, 7. John 16, 7. But very truly I tell you, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the Advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus left this earth. But he gave us a promise. That the third one of the Godhead, the third person of the Godhead was going to come and be with you. Not just walk alongside you, but he's going to indwell in you. He's going to remind you of every teaching that Jesus brought. He's going to, he's going to be your advocate. He's going to be your counselor. He's going, to, he's going to be God because he is God in you. In you. But let me just tell you this. 
No man can baptize you in the Spirit. No man can baptize you in the Spirit that is for Jesus to do and Jesus to do it alone. Man can baptize in water, and that is what we should do. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes when you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And it's done. It's done. It doesn't get any better than that. Our God is good. Amen? He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm not going to let you walk this troubled earth by yourself. But when you confess me, I'm going to give you me. I'm going to send my advocate to you to walk with you, guide you, lift you up. Maybe do some God, God 101 <clears throat> lesson learning also. You don't like that part of it, but sometimes that's too, right? Sometimes we need the learning. Sometimes we need knocked around a little bit by the Holy Spirit to get us Put our eyes back where they need to be. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, For we are all baptized by one Spirit, so as to form one body. We all have the same Spirit in us. God. How, how good is that? And it was the same Holy Spirit who came down on Jesus. Jesus already had the Holy Spirit in him. But it was the Holy Spirit that everybody standing there got to see. Got to see. And how amazing was that? I jumped around and danced like a <clears throat> wild guy, but you know what? That's how we should be for Jesus. A lot of times as Christians, we get real slumber and we uh, proper, let be proper. You know what? I showed you what I thought John the Baptist did when he saw that Jesus was the Messiah. That's who we need to be. We need to be giddy. We need to be excited. We need to be different when it comes to knowing our God. Because it is exciting that we can, just as a baptism, die to our old self, lay it there, leave Charlie there, and walk on and be in the newness of Jesus Christ. And that is good. That is good. And that should be a celebration that makes us jump around. I'm not going to make you jump today. Don't worry. But when you go home, I want you to get a little giddy for Jesus, all right? I'm going to invite the music team to come on up. But let me just tell you that if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and if you, if you have done that, I want you to know that you are baptized in the Spirit. I want you to know that but we're also called to be baptized in the water. Because it's standing on our mountain saying, I believe in Jesus Christ 100%. That He is my God, and that I walk in Him, in the newness of Him. So let me just say, if you are not baptized, I want you to talk to me. I want you to talk to me, because it is something that we should do. But if you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Today's the day. Today is the day to soften your heart, allow Him to be the Lord of your life. Today is the day to stop all the roadblocks.
Stop the excuses. Let him into your heart. I already said it once, but I'm going to say it again. All you have to do is confess Jesus is Christ and believe that, G that God rose Him from the grave and says you'll be saved. If you're doing that today for the first time, I want to talk with you. I'm going to be in the back here in just a minute as we stand and sing. I want to talk to you. I want to pray with you. So if you need that this morning, please come to the back. If you're struggling with something in life that just got you down, I also want to pray with you. Please come to the back. Not just me, but the elders want to pray with you. So please be one body. We are baptizing one spirit. We are one body. Let's lift each other up. Let's pray together. Do what we're supposed to do as God calls us to so we can walk this journey jumping up and down as John did. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you that you send your spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come and indwell in us when we confess you. We are not alone. What a blessing. I pray right now, God, that we know, we know, we know, we know that you, Jesus, are the Christ, the Son of God, and we don't doubt that. And that we, when we believe that, when we know that, we can know that we have life in your name, everlasting life with you. Help us, help us God, to be excited about you. Not be afraid to show it to you. Not be afraid to show how excited we are that we know you and that we know that we have everlasting life because of you. Because you died on that cross. You laid in the grave for three days, but you didn't stay there. You rose to walk on this earth to prove that you are Christ, the Son of God. And that when we believe in you, we can have life in your name. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us.